0: Welcome back to the Upstate Coffee Collective podcast, arguably my favorite moments of my quarantine, and I hope they bring joy to yours as well. In this podcast, we talk about coffee, we talk about business, culture, and just being human. On today's episode, I walk Kevin through an interesting AeroPress recipe live. We talk about mastering brewing techniques, our theories about how AeroPress brewing brings out certain flavors over others, and how Kevin has beef with Tom Hanks. And, yeah, that was actually a good joke right there because Kevin's vegan. Ah, damn. Anyways, you guys really seemed to enjoy our Homebrewing Essentials episode, so we went ahead and made some more. These episodes will show up intermittently and be a little bit more manageable from a time commitment perspective. We hope you're enjoying all the content we've been bringing out into the world. We hope to see you all on the other side of this, give some high fives and hugs. And until then, enjoy Homebrewing Essentials, Episode 2.
1: No, don't even pray that people jump right into it. Don't even Christ, Kevin,
0: this is supposed (laughs) to be something that people... Oh,
1: my God. All right. All right. right, Yeah. Tell him.
0: Tell him what you're doing. (laughs) I am chopping this up into bits, Kevin. No, you're not. You should keep all of this. this. I'm a waste. All right. Yeah. So, Kev, it's me and you again today. Homebrewing Essentials number two. Yeah. Our goal is to make shorter, uh, shorter form podcasts where the two of us sit down. We talk about homebrewing in this crazy new world that we're living in. And we, have,
1: oh,
0: no, we have, and we have. sorry. we now now we we just committed copyright fraud. So. Oh no! Oh no! 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 no. <laughs> nah, I'm, I'm, sorry, I'm sorry, Aladdin. <laughs> Shout out Aladdin. Okay, <laughs> he's gonna get. He's gonna come get mad at me. All right. So in last episode we talked about Aeropress, um, and it got you excited, didn't it, Kevin? It did. I've been trying to mess
1: around with it. I've been I've been trying to train you know okay so here's the thing I want to and I've said this to everybody I want to be able to do everything in the coffee world like I I want to learn every single aspect of it can. Does that mean the er, aspect of it that I can? Does that mean that I'm going to be a master of everything? No. There's probably going to be something that comes along the way like as I'm on this journey, like a couple things and, you know, I'll, I'll probably be like, "Okay, I really want to devote a lot of time to that." But I'll still be able to passively do these other things and AeroPress, mm-hmm. just just all the brewing techniques. I want to be able to do all the brewing techniques. I don't want to okay. just do, you know, like I don't want to be like, oh, I'm really great at Chemex, but I don't know how to do Aeropress or like that well, you know, or I'm out of practice on certain So you want to be a jack chem- of all chem-X. trades,
0: but a master of none?
1: Uh, I'd, I'd like to master one and then be a or, jack of the rest of the trades. Or as <laughs> as,
0: as Douglas, gonna, Kerr, as we'll Douglas Kerr has said in his life, you you want to be an idiot savant.
1: Oh, yeah, that for sure. <laughs> for sure. I think he's
0: called me that before. He's called Chris that most of his life. <laughs> yeah.
1: All right. So, okay.
0: Okay. Uh, so, here so we are. Today we're doing the AeroPress. Gonna, You're the expert. We're going an AeroPress recipe. Uh, apparently, I'm the expert. You are uh, the expert. Out of us, two, right. right now. Yeah. So, this is going to be a fun little tidbit. So, you need to make coffee, and I'm going to yes. walk you through it. Yeah. I'm useless right now. So, As what do you, can you have tell about here, tell by the Kat. beginning
1: of this podcast.
0: Uh,
1: I'm actually using Turning Point, man. Turning Group. Point
0: blends. Shout out Yeah, Group. buddy
1: yeah I, I was missing it because you know we've been having all these coffees that we've been getting from like all of our friends around the capital region which has been awesome i absolutely love it but like evan had to i forget like he, he had to grab some cold brew for himself the other day and he was like do you want anything I was like, dude i really need some turning point right now like that was i miss it that's that's like home all right yeah, so we hot. got yeah and he grounded in the malconig and everything for me so that's good What's the grind size look like on there what's uh, your part here, I'm gonna give you a, can I give you a little look can you see yeah yeah it's pretty okay. particulate yeah I've got it ground pretty much for what you'd use for like uh, pour over technique so we yeah, so, we might we might have to alter a little bit of our like
0: brew time on this but all right so we can we can mess with that the idea here uh, so this is Alex Mills. Uh, a recipe that he, he posted recently really interesting. Okay. Guy. I, I gotta learn more about him but shout and we're out gonna to...
1: do it imperfectly
0: all right <laughs> absolutely so you're gonna do the inverted <laughs> method okay um oh i've already got it set up Luke. you've uh, already got it set up
1: see idiot savant at work already now,
0: maybe we should release the video of this <laughs> so, that might be <laughs> we
1: should just do a video terrible. sometime I mean, I don't think anybody needs to see me in my old work hoodie with a Pappy Van Winkle flat brim on.
0: Nobody needs to see that, (laughs) Kevin.
1: In proper unemployment mode. (laughs) All
0: right. All right. So for those of you who don't know what inverted uh, method is, you're going to insert your you're going to insert the plunger of your AeroPress into the the main chamber Um, and flip it upside down and you're just going to insert it slightly so that it's just kind of hanging there and uh, it hasn't been pressed yet. You're going to keep the cap off and you're going to sit it on its bottom.
1: Yep. Uh, And so when you're doing the inverted method, the thing that I noticed, like where you know that you're doing it right, because the numbers are actually inverted.
0: Um, So you got your water temp up? You got your water up to temp is what I meant to say? I think, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty damn close. I actually... I prepped water before we started the podcast, so I should be good. All, All right, right so water, water temperature, temperature should be two ten. Rinse two paper filters. Oh, two. Yeah, a little bit of a thicker paper situation.
1: Oh yeah, or you could always get. Remember um, the World Press or the Aeropress champion? What was it last year? Had the the thicker? Um, pads. Yeah,
0: those are so those yeah. those filters were out of a small company in canada i don't know that they're offered online anymore at least they're definitely not available on amazon
1: here's the crazy thing i want to look up what micron those are because i might be able to get those through the people that i get my filters for for cold brew so that would be cool yeah because if we could get that then we should just mess around with that
0: totally yeah all right all right two paper filters in there rinsed got them nice check uh, you're going to put 10. Oh, you're in luck, Kevin. You're going to put 10 grams of finely ground coffee into the chamber.
1: Oh, oh, just 10,
0: uh, whatever you want for a full cup. So he's just using a 10 to, or sorry, a, f- a one to 15 ratio. And okay. actually in this recipe, he was like, yeah. we've all been there. When you get to the bottom of a bag of coffee and there's only 10 grams left. So use as much as you want for a cup of coffee, okay. I would say, um, Put 20 in. Double it.
1: That's what I'm doing.
0: Way ahead of you, Matt. Excellent. All right. We're at 20. Nice. All right. So now you're going to pour a 30-gram bloom, and you're going to agitate aggressively with a swirl or a spoon. I prefer a spoon.
1: Okay. So you use just, uh, a spoon, just, not the stir?
0: You'd oh, if you the have a stir, use the stir, yeah. yeah. Aeropress has agitate conveniently
1: provided us a stir. So you use the 30?
0: Yep let me move some stuff oh, well. Around. uh let's think about this so you doubled it do a 60 oh, so gram 60
1: boom. yeah 60 gram bloom 60 gram bloom is the new goo goo dolls single all
0: right i love it got it, it.
1: then agitate now, vigorously
0: agitate vigorously for another 10 seconds i'm, I'm keeping track on our uh, recording clock here at about 30 seconds you're going to pour the remaining water which will bring me up to 300 yep
1: quick maths on that quick maths yeah that was, that was good All quick right. math thanks man
0: been doing a lot of
1: coffee math at
0: home <laughs> <laughs> yep so you should reach 300 grams Then you're going to cap it and press gently until the coffee hits the filter. So don't flip it yet. Just like basically push all of the dead air out.
1: Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Cap it. Perfect. And now we're going to wait 40 – we're going to wait 45 seconds once you push the air out. Yeah, so I'm looking at – we're at 17 minutes. So at about 17.35, 17.40 here – Um. I'm gonna have you flip it and press for 30 seconds. So right now we're just doing a full immersion steep. Yay. I'm a fan. I hate it when my coffee gets cold, but I'm so far away from any sort of heating vessel. Oh, I got this old Death Wish mug I can use. All right, sweet. All right, go ahead and flip and press. Flip and press. All right, we're pressing. nice and slow 30 second press
1: 30 seconds taking my time all i'm doing is i'm i'm literally just putting my weight on this and letting gravity do the work i'm not adding any
0: extra force love it yep gravity's just like hey baby we got you and alex mills i'm sorry am i saying his name right yeah alex mills adds a little pro tip here he says <laughs> if you want to adjust the strength of your coffee you can always add some water after the fact we call that bypass water yeah if you want to dilute dilute it a bit or simply change yeah if you want to dilute it a bit or simply change how long you brew it for press at 130 for a little weaker or start pressing at two minutes for a little stronger cheers friends all right cool well cheers cheers Oh, that's really good. I like it.
1: I've noticed... Okay, so I've noticed with the AeroPress, more than with a lot of things, uh, the fruit notes get concentrated.
0: Yeah. Like Yes, any sort like of citric acid-associated yeah. stuff, right?
1: Yeah. A lot of that citric acid stuff, and a lot of, like, even just, like, if I would notice that there was, like, a tart, like, currant flavor to a coffee that might be subtle... Mm when I'm doing it through the Chemex and like taking my time and I've got like that longer steep period. Right. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, when I put it through an Aeropress and I'm using one of these recipes, uh, the flavor is, um, I want to say like exponentially, um, magnified. Um, yeah, cause this is a coffee, the turning points one that I've been doing the ones at home that I have a lot of experience with. So like doom cup been messing around with that because I've been drinking it for three years, you know? Turning point messing around with that because I've been drinking it for three years and very consistently for like the last year. Like that was my go to when I would get into work at Crew was I would grab a, you know, nice cup of turning point and then go bug Luke about whatever it was that I was thinking of in the moment.
0: Sure. And then
1: then, then go about my day contemplating why I do that to people. (laughs)
0: Yeah. There's just like that half a second like like from like your Instagram story from the other day where you uh you know where you like looked you like oh, looked the existential the dread. Yeah, where you're like
1: <sighs> I wonder if this will really take forever. Do cats think about forever? Cats was a good play, but a bad movie. <laughs> that's really okay, that's really what my brain is like though, by the way. Like, I'm actually having those thoughts. Um But anyway, so I've been messing around with the Turning Point and the Doom Cup because I figure, like, I know I'm so familiar with the tasting notes of that, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: that when I'm doing these different brew methods at home and I'm really delving into how they affect it, um, I have a good baseline. Like, I'm, I'm not using, you know, I'm not using some beautiful, awesome micro lot from... Like onyx or cat and cloud or someone and right. like and like trying to do it different ways and pick up the notes, which I I think that would be the next step. But I think for anybody who's looking into figuring out like what their preferred brew method is or um the way that they want to approach their brewing coffee in the morning based on what kind of flavors they want to accentuate, should go with a coffee that they've had a lot.
0: You know, use or, a coffee you're familiar with so that yeah for sure you can taste the difference. In your different brewing methods. Yeah. You're absolutely right. Aeropress, in my experience, tends to bring out bright citrus and tartness flavors. Oh, big um, time. And actually, the word is tartaric, isn't it? So it's like Ta-taric. citrus and tartaric flavors. <laughs> i Citrus say and tartar. I, <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> Tart- I get citrus flavors
1: and tartar, tartar sauce. Tartar this sauce. One. You would get Tartar sauce. Where's that on your flavor Fucking wheel?
0: Wood. We're going to find it. Uh, yeah, we'll find it. We need some more <laughs> lacto-fermented, like, crazy coffees. I know. Oh, that was a dream. From, mark. like... Uh, uh, where where was that? Jacob and uh,
1: Alejandro the... got it from um, a Nomad in Spain.
0: Nomad in España. Yeah, so <sighs> I, I'm theorizing here i'm hypothesizing i really don't know we could probably look it up we could probably have somebody on who is knowledgeable of it like luke um but i imagine that the pre something about the pressure that you're pressing mm-hmm. uh the air you're pressing air through the coffee but mm-hmm. you're adding in pretty substantial pressure two or three atmospheres i i would imagine more than regular more than yeah. just grab for like a pour over yeah that's gotta have an effect on the notes that come out
1: well yeah well and not only that like when you're it's really in in my mind the thing that really stands out is the variation in steep times you know yeah like yeah. like as as you're um So really, I guess, like, the proper term would be extraction rates, right? So you have this longer extraction period when you're doing Chemex, just because what you're working with is literally water and gravity, like you said. Um, Whereas with the AeroPress, you're letting it steep for a little bit. It's kind of, it's doing its own thing. And then you're pressing it all at once. And I've noticed that the times on those, typically you're getting around, like, the two-minute mark, 2.30. And just to give you a good idea of, like how that changes even on the Kalitas, on the sp9s that we had at crew um which are these really nice pour over machines that you can control the amount of water and the amount of time um we were you know if you programmed one say 30 seconds shorter and then did the same coffee and programmed it for like so like you had one going at like 230 you know two minutes and 30 seconds to do in a small cup like 350 milliliters right and then you did. The same coffee on the other one, 350 milliliters, same grind, three minutes, you would mm-hmm. notice that the tasting notes were different. And then, yeah, that one that has that shorter uh, brew time, the one that has that shorter period of extraction is going to be uh, a little more citric, a little more fruity, a little more tart, tart, Right.
0: Yeah. Do you do you remember this was just yesterday or the day before somebody uh, recommended that we do a Taste the Rainbow Challenge. No, did you hear that? Somebody DM'd us. I'm trying to find it right now because it's something I want to do. It's uh, essentially where you take. uh, Oh, is it Alex? Is it Alex Mills? No, one of these guys. Passenger. No, they messaged us. I thought so, or maybe. uh, Oh, they commented on one of our. It. They commented on yours, probably. Okay, anyways, somebody recommended that we do a Taste the Rainbow where we <clears> – <throat> we uh, it's kind of like elixir coffee. Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Where you just – you basically try the coffee every 30 seconds and you like – you isolate each of those um, – each Whoa. of each 30 seconds, yeah, each of those volumes of coffee, you isolate them and then you try them each and see what comes out at different times, what flavor notes you get how, you know, is it really heavy? Is it really light? Is, you know, so the body changes, oh, the flavor notes change, yeah. uh, the acidity changes, the mouthfeel, cool. all of it.
1: How do you do that? What do you do for that?
0: Do you, you need to, you need to do V60 or Kalita and you know how like at Nomad coffee and crepes, Nick has like those elevated kind of wood pieces that you set a brew, yep. uh, a vessel underneath. You're just yep. going to change the vessel every let's say 10 or 30 seconds change oh, the whoa. vessel or yeah yeah or you and like so what swap doing, two vessels out and you pour yeah okay
1: so you're not doing like 30 seconds of steeping and then doing like a completely fresh thing and doing like a minute worth of that and then doing a fresh like another you can like, do that too dish. i
0: guess but yeah no the way you're the way i'm thinking is you do a one full brew but you're you're changing you're swapping you're changing out it out your you're vessel.
1: every 30 seconds you're doing yeah okay. that's cool I would like to do that because that would be interesting to isolate like what's coming out at different times in the brew. That's Mm. probably, I mean, that's the reason, you know, I mean this, this right here is the reason that you can have a podcast about coffee. This is why you can have episodes about it because there's so many different things that are happening. And I mean, even just going back to the conversation that we had with Oliver about the chocolate, you know, like when he said that, uh, chocolate had, um, uh, this is probably, this episode's probably going to come out before that, but <laughs> Oliver. So, yeah, right. Yeah, but when Oliver mentioned all the different um, flavor compounds that exist in it, there's so many that exist in coffee. And like we're always saying, very similar to wine, very similar to cannabis. Uh, when it grows in different places, those compounds change and the levels of totally. concentration of those compounds change. So like, and then on top of that, like the, the piece that is like most crucial to your coffee experiences you or where you're getting your coffee from. So you end up having like these opportunities if you're thinking about it to isolate flavors like this and to go, okay, cool. So what am I extracting from this coffee at this point, at this point, you know, for in this window, like what, what's the flavor that's coming out? And then you can almost take that data and communicate with other people and then say, okay, okay, Well, so we're noticing here's what we're pulling out at different times. What's the best brew time for this coffee? You know, like it's,
0: yeah. Well, what you're talking about is exactly what made me fall in love with coffee. Because like I've said in other podcasts, I'm predisposed to loving things involving science, involving curiosity, the scientific Mm -hmm. method. So where there are so many variables that come into coffee, you didn't even mention the processing of coffee, which changes it completely as well. Huge. Right? Yeah. Huge. Um, so like you could do a tasting of the same coffee processed the same way roasted different ways. You could do a tasting of, of one coffee processed a bunch of different ways, roasted mm-hmm. one way. Mm-hmm. You could, you know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. crazy. And then of course you can go as, as far as to do different brewing methods, different everything. It's, yeah. there are so many variables that end up in your cup. That's why no two cups can really truly be the same yeah, um I'm,
1: I really hope ahead. that like in the future, there's gonna be just like a, a segment of coffee culture that's like wine culture because I always really enjoy those experiences of sitting down with people and talk. like really breaking down like the story of a wine, where it came from, who grew it, why it is the way it is and why I just paid 12 bucks for the bottle or 20 bucks or 40 Mm -hmm. bucks or, you know, like upwards of, I mean, God, the most expensive bottles I've bought are stupid to say
0: the price on air. Uh, Totally. Totally. Well, and even, even bags of coffee, you know, like I just bought a $25 bag of like $25 12 ounce bag of coffee Um and that's expensive. I I think the crazy thing is
1: that like, yeah, we're we're at such a turning point in coffee culture that like some people would see that and they're like, That's ridiculous. Why would I ever pay twenty five bucks for coffee? But you know, years ago there were probably some people who saw like $100 bottles of wine and were like, that's ridiculous. Why would I ever pay that? But now people still like feel that way. Public, well, yeah. I mean, you're always going to have people, some people that feel that way. But I think like over time, people get won over. Uh, you know, certain segments of interested and curious people will be won over into a culture of, okay, well, this is my day-to-day. Like this is what I just buy to have. No, and t- then I also I got my... I have a special, like, you know, like to go back to wine, you've, you're like, this is the wine that I like people at the wine store all the time. They're like, this is the wine for the friends. And it's like some mag of like, you know, whatever cheap wine they bought. That's like $10 Mm. for almost two liters. And then they, they're like, and this is the wine for me. And it's like a $30 bottle.
0: (laughs) Totally. Well, Uh, and actually you're right. Cause if I think about it now, even though there are people who go, you know, why would I ever spend more than, Whatever, fifteen twenty dollars on a bottle of wine. If you were to offer them mm-hmm. a fifty dollar bottle of wine, they'd be mm-hmm. like, "Holy shit, that's amazing!" Like, I, of course I want to try that wine. That sounds it must be so nice. But people don't. People think that they won't be able to taste the, the difference in the quality of their coffee mm-hmm. uh, if they're used to commodity coffee. And I go here, look, I have a thirty dollar bag of coffee here. I'm gonna brew it for you. People who are almost intimidated by it because they. They they think, again, it's like this barrier to entry, which is yeah. not really truly there. Uh, they think that mm-hmm. they, they have to be fancy to to like nice coffee or nice tea or not, you know,
1: dude. OK, so I read. Have you this is actually really fun. No, wait. let's keep talking about homebrew. I'll, I'll bring this up later. I read I read a really funny um, article from it was actually a pamphlet that was published in 1674. That was uh, against coffee houses.
0: Wait, I saw this. Oh, um, dude,
1: I was dying.
0: Let's talk about it. So
1: okay, so uh, um, I forget where this came up, but it like it, you know, it fluttered across my subtle side glance, my peripheral vision of attention span, and all of a sudden I was like, I wonder if that actually exists. Let's look this up, and I started like going through the process of, um, you know, looking up this article. So women. In 1674, um, wrote a petition in England, specifically in England, uh, wrote a petition against coffee houses. It was a pamphlet that they were handing out to spread the word that coffee houses were essentially a, a bad thing. Like, like basically, like mm-hmm. they, they were against coffee houses the way that um, teetotalers were against drinking in the 1920s. And this has always been going on in human civilization. Like if you if you go back, you just find like, there are different groups who are like, everyone should be sober all the time. And there were other groups who are like, we should all just get drunk and have the bacchanalia. And then at the end, we'll eat somebody, it's cool. And like, you know, <laughs> you've always had like these two opposed groups, like the people who are like super strict, like, nope, not doing it. We're gonna get on the Mayflower. We're gonna go find a new land and we're not gonna be oppressed by anybody. We're gonna just like have our own peaceful, Quaker, Protestant, you know, whatever lifestyle. Like the yeah. pilgrims, the pilgrims left because they were like, we want to be real strict and we want to worship God. And like, <laughs> and like, you know, Same, and, bro. There were people, and there were people over in England who were like, all right, yeah, cool. Get out more party room for the rest of us. Um, right. But, uh, so, so I read this article. Uh, well, I read this pamphlet and it's so funny because they started out with a dick joke.
0: No, like
1: no dude like you would you know like we always we put this lens on history that it's not um that it's like somehow haughtier than what it actually is like we think that there's some level of prestige because we're always watching shows like downton abbey where like everyone has a sense of class about them and like And then I read this petition, and the first thing they say, like in the, I think it's in the first paragraph, like the preamble to the petition, what you would have read on the front pages. Never did men wear greater breeches or carry less in them of any metal whatsoever. M-E-T-T. Oh, like basically just like (laughs) these guys don't have dicks, (laughs) and and they're going to your coffee house, and it's making them worse. (laughs) God, (laughs) it's so funny. And then of course. Like, and it's so classic. Like if you were to rewrite it in modern dialect, it would fit perfectly because there's like, then there's this part about like the hot baristas that work there <laughs> Like and now they're mad. Like they're
0: like, no they're
1: way. These, oh yeah. They're like these, these Turkish women using their witchcraft on our men. Like it's so funny.
0: <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> and then, I mean, uh... I, I don't have any, I don't even have any concept of what coffee houses were like back then. Well, OK, so they um, I, were
1: called they were called Penny Universities
0: <laughs> okay. because you could pay a penny, get a cup of coffee
1: and like you might be seated across from Jean-Jacques Rousseau. Yes.
0: Rousseau. One thing I so I listened to a podcast of, with oh gosh, I, I'm going to botch. Mm-hmm. I, I don't recall what the podcast epi, like, you know, what the channel <clears throat> excuse me, what the channel was. Um, but they had a they had a coffee historian on and, and he was talking about the history of coffee houses and and one of the things Mm -hmm. he said was that coffee houses, uh, even back as far as you, you know, where there were specific rules between classes of people. Um, coffee houses were the great equalizer. You would walk in and if you like, when you're in line, you might be in front of, a like, you know, uh, an astute member of society and behind, uh, a joker or a homeless man, you know, yeah. and it didn't matter. Everybody was equal in that line, which was uh, hard to come by, especially during those times.
1: Yeah. And it was just that everybody loved coffee, you know, like, uh, and yeah. a lot of people use that as um, like coffee to them, it, you know, now of course we have a better understanding of the chemical process. It's not that coffee makes you less tired. It just blocks the chemicals that make you feel tired. So like, you know, sure. people but people were like it would make them more awake and then they would talk a lot. And that was actually one of the complaints in the pamphlets was basically like and it, I, I don't have the exact wording in front of me right now. We can post the link. But like it basically said, like, uh, after enough of this mud water, men will out talk all of us in uh, gossiping. And like, <laughs> it's, <just> like <laughs> and it's like so yeah. women were like le- like these uh, these women. Uh, who published this pamphlet were legitimately mad that their husbands became better talkers (laughs) like like, like that they would out talk them and out gossip them and like my favorite is that even and this is the best is to this day like no matter how much we say it i think there's always going to be a group of people who think coffee makes you less drunk (laughs) and so
0: in it yeah well again because it it (laughs) blocks it blocks some yeah. of the chemicals that make you feel tired and and exactly so you feel more alert have you ever had a bunch of vodka red bulls and oh, uh God. you feel like you're on top of the fucking world and you feel sober as fuck and then the caffeine wears off yeah uh and I it's have just not. like what do you mean you have not
1: I have not had that many vodka. Actually,
0: no, I have had that many vodka. You must have. I I definitely have a a couple of times. I know you.
1: I blocked it from my memory. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You know, yeah, yeah. i got to thank our good friend Chris for that. I've definitely had a couple vodka Red Bull nights.
0: Right. You don't ask questions. You haven't asked for a vodka Red Bull. You barely even walked in the door and somehow Chris has already made it to the front of the bar gotten drinks without even saying a word to the bartender and handed them to you before you even had a chance to say no yeah good old Chris Kerr shout out to Chris Kerr shout out
1: Chris Kerr we love you All uh yeah do you think do you think we should cut it here and then do like another you're captain right now so
0: I am the captain now in the movie
1: uh oh god it's a Tom Hanks film I'm sorry they all they all bleed together for me. What is it? it? Is Captain Something, right? Captain Philip isn't okay. Yeah, cool. It's a Tom Hanks film, man. Don't even get me started. He's it's he's just Tom, Tom Hanks. Hanks. He's just Tom Hanks. Like I'm not mad at him. I don't think he's a horrible actor. I just can't. <laughs> I'm not mad at him. I just can't <laughs> not see Tom Hanks now, especially. I mean, you know, I, have I ever gotten into that with you? Like,
0: you uh, have you specific opinions about specific people and I you love can, it. Tell me about Tom Hanks. Uh, dude, well, you can talk get to me, me about Tom role. Hanks and then we're gonna wrap it up for the day. Well okay.
1: I can't not see Tom Hanks in a Tom Hanks film because he always plays average white guy thrust into seemingly like insurmountable odds or like some crazy scenario. You know, like he's in terminal and everyone's like, oh he's this crazy white guy who has to live at the airport because the diplomatic reasons are like He's in Captain Phillips, and they're like, "Oh, he's this courageous white guy captain, and his ship gets taken over by another culture." And then, like, then there's like, I mean, don't even like, I don't even. Well, even, mean, even
0: go all, going all
1: the way back to Saving Dude, Private Ryan. Even Saving Private Ryan, he's just Tom Hanks in a movie, and I can't un- I can't not see him. Vin Diesel is was more interesting Private to Ryan? me in
0: Saving Private Ryan.
1: No, he's not Private Ryan. Matt Damon is.
0: Matt Damon's private yeah. to Ryan. That's yeah, right. they
1: finally get to Matt Damon at, like, the end of the movie. <laughs> and, and I remember Tom my, my sister had a crush dies, on him. I'm like, right? he's in the movie for 10 minutes. Yeah, Tom Hanks just, he gives up a you know, ultimate sacrifice. I get it. He's a great, I get it. There's an audience for Tom Hanks. I am not that audience. I don't even like Forrest Gump.
0: Like, Fuck you, Kevin. Sorry, man. That's, we're no. going to drop it right there. <laughs> Ka- Kevin Ryan <laughs> doesn't does like, like Forrest Gump. Dude, I you know don't. what else you don't like? <laughs> What? You don't like good America? fucking... You don't like good... Yeah, you don't like America. You don't like freedom. <laughs> you, don't you, don't like, like, you don't like the story of America, bro. That's,
1: look. That's Okay, let me... Here's a quick rundown of Forrest Gump. His mom has sex so he can get into school because of the time that they live in, and then he falls in love with the first girl that he ever meets. He develops that love over a period of time. She eventually leaves him. She consecutively leaves him multiple times for the rest of the film. Well, he's just kind of like very luckily if we're going to like put an actual lens on it, like navigating the history of quote unquote, the greatest generation or well, not the greatest generation the, uh like the boomer generation, you know, yeah, so he's just yeah. navigating this and like seems to be doing the right thing. But really it's just the people around him go, Hey, yeah, look at the special guy go. And then at the end of the movie, <laughs> It, right. I mean, she, that's, that's she shows point. up and she's like, she's like, okay, love didn't work out for me in any of my other circumstances, so I guess I'm here for you now.
0: And yeah, like, Jenny, I, it's she's a bad the, movie. Jenny, it's not. Jenny's the fucking worst, but Tom Hanks plays a special guy who just hilariously stumbles his way into like unseeming circumstances, like meeting President JFK and mm-hmm. like surviving uh, the, what is it, the Vietnam War. Yes. Or the, yeah, the Vietnam War.
1: Yeah, and and I get it. It's like putting a lens on all these different cultural things. It just didn't get me. Like even as a kid, I remember like I was entertained by the jokes in the movie, but uh, the movie as a whole, yeah. like I would find myself skipping parts. All right, Kev, what's your jam? Uh, my jam, especially yesterday on the really nice long run, was some Johnny Booth. Johnny Booth. Uh, love Johnny Booth. Great, guys. We're going to get them on the podcast. I'm going to call them. I would they're love great.
0: to get them on the podcast.
1: Yeah, they're working on a new um, album. I know normally I'm usually talking about like female artists or like R&B or whatever, but Johnny Booth is like, oh my god, they're amazing. They're just like a force of musical power that exists. I've, and Ron and I were just talking about them the other day. They're great. That, that whole album, first-hand accounts,
0: awesome. Yeah, dude, anytime I hear a Johnny Booth song, I really just want to blow a hole in my wall. You know what I mean?
1: <laughs> that is a positive review for a metal band, for sure.
0: Oh, for sure, dude. Yeah. Um, What's yours? What's your jam? So, Boney Iver just dropped a new single uh, not too long ago, a couple days ago, maybe last week, called PDLIF, Please Don't Live in Fear. Oh, opposite wavelength of Johnny Booth. All right, totally. Yep, that's cool. So you've been so, jamming that. Yeah, uh, I think it, it sounds really cool. It reminds me a little bit of the. It reminds me of the songwriting that I fell in love with when I first mm-hmm. started listening to Bon Bear.
1: Yeah, I like Bon Iver. Did you get into him when he when he wrote Woods, or like, uh, are you like, um, like R.E. Stacks or like What What era did you fall into the Bon Iver trap? The lull-a-bye uh, that is Bon Iver.
0: I fell in love with Bon Iver. I Like Blood Bank? Summer I listened to that first record of his, that EP.
1: Okay, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. For with Emma, Emma forever, forever ago. Forever, forever ago. Yeah. That was when I started to listen to him, and then I... He dropped the self-titled record, Bear. Bon Bear, mm-hmm. uh, and that blew me away. That whole that, record. That was the one that ass. had
1: Skinny Love
0: on it, right? No, that was no, also... No, that was on for Emma? for Emma? Okay. Yeah. This is the one that's got, like, like Beth Rest on it. Oh, uh, um, okay. Yeah, babe, babe. All that kind of stuff. Holocene.
1: Oh, Holocene's, like, one of my favorites.
0: Oh, sure. God, so good. yeah. That was college for me. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I, all right. how How about one last movie question for okay. me? Okay. What? How about um, Pulp Fiction?
1: Oh, I love Pulp Fiction.
0: All right, then I'm fine. Then yeah, we're all that's good.
1: a great movie. Yeah, Pulp Fiction's great. perfect end to end. It starts with a thing that makes you actually ask a question. You're like, "What are these people about to do in this diner?" And then you come full circle, and you've got two characters who you developed a relationship with throughout the movie in the diner, and they stop the robbery. Like, that's <laughs> fucking dope, man. That's great storytelling. You have created a circuit by which I can entertain myself time and time again. Even if I know what's going to happen, I can still watch that movie and be like, oh, you know what? This is really cool because they don't even, you know, like you're watching that movie feels like you're in on a secret that the other characters never get in on. You know, and that's that's
0: awesome. That Mm. to me is good story writing. Anyway. And with that, (laughs) this has been the Upstate Coffee Collective (laughs) podcast (laughs) podcast. Homebrewing yeah. edition, episode home brewing two. And home movies. Yeah, we home
1: did Aeropress.
0: Thanks for listening to the Upstate Coffee Collective podcast. If you want to learn more about what we do and how we can be of service to your community, go to upstatecoffeecollective.com. We also have a monthly newsletter that we use to let you know about our community events called Meetups and to give you a heads up about when we release a new podcast. Also, please don't forget to leave us a positive rating and subscribe if you enjoy our content. It really helps us reach new people and get them into the beautiful world of coffee. We love you, stay warm and well fed, and we will see you next week.